Hi, hey, hello, and welcome to a Super Bowl edition episode of The Educated Fan. My name is Brandon. I'm joined here by your co-host, my best friend, Andrew Moore. Buddy, we started, what, at the start of the new league year? Free agency last year, maybe an episode or two before that, and we've we've made it to the Super Bowl. It's been one hell of a first year for us, I'd say. It's, I think it's going to be a pretty exciting Super Bowl, too. This episode for you guys is going to be a little bit different. We're going to have some Colts talk like normal because it's not the educated fan without some Colts talk, but today we're going to be focusing on the Super Bowl, and uh, I'm excited. It's it's you hear, You've been hearing it all week, the the quote-unquote goat which we don't think is the goat but anyways versus the baby goat it's gonna be a huge matchup and i i think it's gonna be a pretty good game i'm, I'm excited for this weekend i agree the storylines uh for this one are never ending i mean you could come up with headline after headline after headline the media not that they ever have any trouble super bowl week but i mean they're really not going to have any trouble this week with stuff to talk about i mean you got the first time ever a team playing a home game um, basically for in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Unfair. Should have been changed. Should have been there should have been uh what's the what's the what's the backup plans? That that's not the word I'm looking for. There should have been backup plans. This shouldn't be happening. Tom Brady does well, not need one more advantage, okay? Doesn't need it. Well, hey, get, this Super Bowl is actually supposed to be played in LA. And because of the the rains that were happening in LA when they were trying to build build SoFi Stadium, this Super Bowl got moved to Tampa Bay. So originally it was supposed to be in, Interesting. in Los Angeles. So well, you know where it should be? Indianapolis. That would no, because the last time it was in Indianapolis, I was out of state too. No, it should be in Las Vegas. Super Bowl fifty five, Super Bowl L V. Um, Las Vegas. I mean, that would have been, you know, something special, but I'm just shitting. I'm just shooting the shit. I mean, it definitely does come with, uh, its advantages. Um, at least the chiefs this year have the advantage of, you know, they don't have to be traveling and, you know, be there all week going to media and whatnot. Um, you know, they're just treating it as a normal away game. Uh, the Buccaneers just, they're going to be at home. I did hear Tom Brady, um, Kicked everybody out of the house. It's just him. He's in pure Super Bowl <laughs> mode, which, listen, I do hate Tom Brady. Always have, always will. Can't help it. Uh, I do respect the man. I do. He's a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't call him the GOAT, but what are we going to now? This is his 10th Super Bowl. Um, 10th Super Bowl. Out in, the, in, his, in his 21st season, he's made this Super Bowl 48% of the seasons he's played the game. Um, and you can't. Let that go unnoticed. I, I can't acknowledge that. That is absolutely incredible. I did think the Patriots would have a better season than the Buccaneers. I was wrong. Um, and I got to give them the props for that. And I'm excited about it. I, always, I As much as I hate Tom Brady, every time he's in the Super Bowl, uh, I'm cheering just as hard as if the Colts were there um, for the other team. So. I saw a stat that said it is more likely that Tom Brady makes the Super Bowl every year than it is for Steph Curry to hit a three-point shot which is pretty absurd. Hit a three-point uh, shot when? Just his career three-point percentage oh. is 45%, and Brady has made a Super Bowl 48% hey, of his NFL by career. By the way, by the way, the, the the staggering number there, Andrew, is 
I, I mean, I, I guess the, the, both of the, their numbers are staggering. I mean, it's ridiculous that Steph's number's 45%, and Tom Brady then, on top of that, is still more likely to make a Super Bowl right. than to not. I mean, both of those numbers are ridiculous. Steph Curry uh, being Andrew's favorite basketball player. but um, Steph Curry is trash. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited. Patrick Mahomes, Buccaneers, Bruce Arians, love the guy, Andy Reid. Um, let's get into it, Andrew. Uh, keys to the game. What do you think? Um, I mean, we can go through both sides of the ball on both teams. Really, we got time. I mean, one game this week to talk about. What do the home? Oh, actually, let me start here. Buccaneers are the home team, and they're the home mm-hmm. team because every year it's uh, you know, the ASC NSC switches off every year. So the Buccaneers do get to choose the jersey color. They chose white, so the Chiefs will be in red. Love that. Um, apparently, Tom Brady's record is what? He's lost two Super Bowls in, in the home color, and he's lost one Super Bowl in white, so they went with white. Hey, whatever whatever gets the, the luck on their side, I, I think. But I love I think- sports superstitions. I really do. They're the best. They really are. Some people don't wash their socks. Some people won't won't. Uh, some will have a certain routine. Some guys don't wash their jersey strap. after a yeah, win. Yeah, the, oh, that's fans. Me. I listen. We, that's us. We've Colts, talked about this. If the Colts win, the jersey's not getting washed. We, back in oh, what was it? 20, 2009? Whenever yeah, for two thousand nine because uh, the Colts were going to the well, that year. The Colts started out fourteen to zero. My Peyton Manning jersey, fourteen weeks, fifteen. That's weeks, not as bad. That's body. not as bad as the year that we won the Super Bowl, Andrew. And we've said this on the show before. Andrew did not wash his jersey the entire off season. And I said, and I bet you wore that Correct. jersey multiple times. You said absolutely, absolutely. Disgusting. Hey, I was eleven years. I was eleven years old. It wasn't like I was it's hilarious. It's a, a tradition kid. I've adopted, and I appreciate you for it. Yeah, but okay, Buccaneers. Let's start with the Bucks, home team. Um, what do you think it's going to take for the Buccaneers to win this game? Remember, so I th- don't make your pick, or at least try not to make your pick right. before we get to the picks. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be twofold. So I'm not going to focus solely on the Buccaneers, but I think my number one matchup is going to be the Chiefs offensive line versus this Buccaneers pass rush because the Chiefs offensive line is incredibly banged up in the AFC championship game their left tackle Eric Fisher went out with the torn Achilles so he's missing the game they're starting right tackle uh Mitchell Schwartz it will be out but he's been out I think since week seven with a back injury so it's their they're not in good shape and you got to remember that one of their starting guards opted out before the season even began because as well as being an NFL offensive lineman, he's also a doctor and he opted out to, to be on the front lines fighting COVID. So this altogether, they're missing three of their starters from the, the Super Bowl team last year along Mm -hmm. the offensive line. Um, I think both tackles you said, right? both tackles and, and a guard. And it's, so it's, it's pretty crazy how, <laughs> how banged up this line is. And, and that Buccaneers defensive line is, is something to something to be reckoned with. I mean, they've got Shaq Barrett who led the league in sacks just a year ago. Uh, Jason Pierre Paul has been coming on strong. He, I they mean, just he's got, looking just as good as he did when he, didn't he win a Super Bowl with the giants early in his did. career. Yeah. He's he looking just as good as he did then. Yeah, uh, so you got Jason Pierre-Paul. Doesn't even have all of his fingers, uh, and he's just wrecking people. 
Right. Uh, Nindamukong Sue is on that defensive line. He can still get after the quarterback. The Buccaneers just got Vita Vea back from injury. So that, that defensive line of the Buccaneers is, is probably one of their strongest units and and they're going to be coming after, after Patrick Mahomes and and they're going to try to make it tough on him because they're, if Patrick Mahomes can't get back there and, and use his weapons to get the ball down the field to Tyreek Hill and, and Travis Kelsey, uh, Sammy Watkins, uh, the Buccaneers are going to have a real shot. And I think that's probably, if you're the Buccaneers defense, if you're Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator, you're, you're going to bring everything you got at Patrick Mahomes in and really try to disguise it and get pressure every single way you can. I agree with you there, Andrew. And the thing is uh, Patrick Mahomes, I was on radio talking. I mean, I assume this is pretty much the exact same thing he talked about last year, but you know he was asked, "What do you think you've improved on?" Um, this being your third year in the NFL, he talks about reading defenses, knowing what's coming, yada yada yada. Um, but you're right. So Todd Bowles is going to have to try to disguise things. Um, in regards to what you started off with, the offensive line versus the defensive line of the Buccaneers, you're right. The uh, the Chiefs are in trouble in regards to that. Jason Pierre-Paul was asked um, about one of the guys he's going to be going up against. He said, I don't know who that is. That like, <laughs> basically does not matter to him, aside from the fact that it's a backup. But he, he said it does, doesn't matter. He goes, I, he's going to play the same anyway. You know, if you can't get up and come to the Super Bowl, uh, you know, it doesn't matter who's going to be standing in front of him. They're going to have trouble either way, whether it's one of their best tackles, um, you know, or one of the replacements we were dealing with this year. Um but the thing about Andy Reid is he is going to be able to draw things up to get Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. outside of the pocket. You can you can talk about catching Patrick Mahomes all you want, uh, but I, it's easier said than done. Secondly, right. Patrick Mahomes was sacked four times in the Super Bowl last year. Going up against, in my opinion, a better defensive front with DeForest Buckner, um, Bosa, uh, yeah, and I, I don't remember the other guys on the arm on the on the line Armstead. Uh, who's the Armstead, one they de- who's the one they decided before, to keep instead of Buckner? Uh, Eric Armstead. You were oh, not, you okay. Were right there, there we go. Uh, yeah, D Ford. Yeah, I mean, it, at the end of the day, even if they get to him, that might not be enough. Right. Buckner had Buckner had a, a sack and a half, and I think three or four QB hits. So yeah. I mean, Devo's presence was, was definitely felt. And so I'm going to run through the offensive line for the Chiefs. Many of you won't know these guys either. So the this is the projected offensive line starters. It's going to be Mike Remmers at left tackle, who has been the guy that's been replacing Schwartz at right tackle since he went out. So basically their backup right tackle would be moved to left. Um, their left guard is Nick Allegretti, who was drafted in the seventh round. Um, Austin Ryder, who's been their starting center, but he was also a seventh round draft pick. Um, Steven w- uh, Wynuski is their right guard who was waived by the Steelers in new- in November. And then Andrew Wiley, who has been their right guard all summer would switch over to right tackle in that case. So they've got a bunch of guys that one, haven't really been playing in that position all year. And two, they're, some of them are completely out of position. Like Wiley has been right guard, moving to right tackle. Um, Mike Remmers going from right tackle to the other side for left tackle. So it's going to be a crazy mismatch um, up there. And it's I think it's going to be how can, you, like you said, Andy Reid really scheme things up try to get the ball out of out of Patrick Mahomes' hands real quick or try to get him outside the pocket to make plays, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, he's going to have to get him outside of the pocket. And while we're on this side of the ball, why don't we just dive into it? The Buccaneers' secondary is going to have a tough game. 
not a very elite unit. It's not a, even a great unit. Um, that's the portion of that defense that's going to struggle. Um, how do you see that faring out for them? Yeah, I, I definitely think it's it's behind the defensive line, and then the the Buccaneers have solid linebackers in in Devin White and Levante David. Devin White uh, is something. Yeah, that that but that secondary they they do have some pieces. I mean, Antoine Winfield Jr. is a rookie who's been playing well, and it seems like as the season has come along, it seems like the Buccaneers defensive backs and secondary have have started to pull it together. They had a pretty good game against Devontae Adams in the NFC Championship game. So, I think they could try to try to bring that to the Chiefs defense and if they try to press on the line of scrimmage, especially if they could get a body on Travis Kelsey every time, which is going to be key. I see so many teams let Travis Kelsey run, run free. free. <laughs> yeah. At least check him a little bit, get some hands, be a little bit physical on him. Um, but yeah, you're right. That's, that's definitely going to be the, uh, something to watch as well to see how they match up with, with the elite playmakers that, that the Kansas city chiefs have. Oh my God. And it's never ending for them. Uh, I mean, Tyree kill Travis Kelsey, Walter did, was I was right? Yeah, Walter Payton, Man of the Year, didn't didn't we just didn't we have this discussion last last episode? Um, you said that he was, but it hasn't been announced yet. It'll be announced on Saturday night. Travis Kelsey, Walter Payton, Man of the Year. Um, sure, Aaron Rodgers, MVP. So you know, I just know things. Um, yeah, I mean, Nicole Hardman. They've got uh, Sammy Watkins still. They've got Clyde Edwards-Helaire, who's going to be back. They've got is Le- is Lev Bell playing this weekend? Le'Veon Bell is playing this week. Lev Bell's playing this weekend. Hey, LaShawn McCoy, Chief last year, right? Was that last year? Or was he Bucks last year too? I think he was Bucks last I don't, year. Yeah, I don't think he got the Super Bowl. That poor guy. Wait, wait. Sean, LaShawn McCoy. He's on the Bucks this year. I know I he's on the he Bucks was, this year. He might have been on the Chiefs last was year. Was it the Chiefs remember. last year with Andy Reid? Either way. Um, you get it. Separate. I, I just, LaShawn McCoy popped into my head in regards to him and Andy Reid and LaShawn McCoy is like playing his old team. Um, I mean, that's a tough, that's a tough offense. And, he, and Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. Period. So it's easier to say you're going to stop him than, than, than it is to do it. So other side of the ball, um, Tom Brady against this chiefs defense who overall, I, I mean, we, we could say, you know, above average, good, Maybe, you know, somewhere between good and great, maybe. But they do have playmakers at every level, in my opinion. They got Tyron Matthew. They've got Sorensen is uh, a linebacker, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and then Chris Jones. Uh, and then who's the other guy on the their defensive line? Um, there's another guy on that defensive line I, that's pretty good. I, I, I wish I could remember his name off the top of my head, but I can't. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I think with I think with Brady and the Buccaneers on offense, what they're going to have to do is 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 really not turn the ball over. And I think it's not necessarily going to be control the clock against the Chiefs, but but I think they need to have some methodical drives because. He, I, I don't care if you're Tom Brady if, or, or who you are. You don't want to get in a shootout with Patrick Mahomes. And and I think the, the Buccaneers did a good job of that in the last game. At first, when they played him earlier this year, I mean, Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill just got off this amazing start, and, yeah. and the Buccaneers were able to climb back in it. But I don't, I don't think they would be able to do that again if it starts getting into a shootout. So I think what you're going to see is you're going to see that – 
kind of more Tom Brady in the Patriot days, maybe, maybe some shorter passes. Mm-hmm. Um, you could see like Chris Godwin and, and if Antonio Brown plays um, Antonio Brown might be highly involved and then maybe to kind of set up the shot plays to, to Mike Evans or to a Scotty Miller, um, someone that you can get the ball really deep down the field to. So it's going to be interesting because I think, I think the secondary for the chiefs is a little underrated. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Tyron Matthew, uh, Brashad Breland is back there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got some good corners. Uh, I think it's Ladar. I want to say Ladarius Smith, but I'm not sure if that's the, it's a rookie corner on the other side of Breland for the chiefs. Um, but their, their secondary is, is, I mean, we, we always talk about the chiefs and their offense, but their secondary is pretty good. And I think it's going to be, uh, definitely pose a little bit of a challenge for Tom Brady, Tom Brady. Uh, not great. I, I don't have the official record against uh, Spagnola defenses, but he did lose to a Spagnola. Sneed. That's okay. the cornerback. There we Sorry. go. Cool. Uh, he did lose to a Spagnola ran defense uh, when he was with, or when he was playing the Giants, I believe the second Super Bowl mm-hmm. he lost to them. Um, and I, I mean, I, I know that he struggled against the Chiefs uh, as a Patriot and as a Buccaneer so far. Um, I was going somewhere with that. I was going well, somewhere, but there you go. I Andrew saw, Spagnola, good against I Tom saw, Brady. Yeah, I saw this week. I remember. Um, it was Dan Orlovsky. He was talking about it. He was watching one of those old Giants Patriots Super Bowls, and he said that Spagnola, he said, watching the coverages that they played against Brady, he didn't see one time where the coverage they were showing was actually the coverage that they were in. So I think that's what Spagnuolo is probably going to do again is a lot of disguising, really try to get Brady because Brady is just like, just like Philip Rivers. He's seen every single defense yep. that, that you throw thrown at him. So it's going to be key to disguise it and kind of throw him off his game a little bit. Maybe Spagnola tries to bring pressure from different areas of the field because the, the key in those giant Super Bowls against Brady was just the pressure. Pressure. Hit him. Knock him on his on. ass. Sack or not. Knock him on his ass. Right. Because, I mean, we know Brady can't really move outside the pocket. And if you, you want to get hits on him, you especially want to pressure him up the middle so he can't step up in the pocket. So I, I think Spagnola is really going to try to key on that and, and try to send pressure from different areas um, to try to throw Brady off his game. What if they just, what if they didn't disguise anything this game? What if every single, every single play had zero disguise to it? Because the last time they played, every single one was disguised. A little mind think- game. A little mind game, but I think Brady catches on about yeah. halfway through the first quarter and starts tearing them up. <laughs> yeah, so. and that's when and that's when they go back to disguising everything. <laughs> right. Um that sure would be something special. I wouldn't notice because my defensive brain is not uh intelligent enough to keep up with uh the disguises and what coverage they're in and whatnot. I understand the difference between the coverages, but I can't see it right off the top of my head as the game's going on. So somebody would have to tell me that that was going on. Um I could probably do that for you. Are you ready? Do you, are you ready to go into picking? Is it already time for picks? Um. Yeah. Sure. Let's go so into picks. Here, I, I'm not going to give you my specifics yet. Um, but I will say, I don't think this game's a blowout. I think it's close, but mm-hmm. I don't think there's any chance the Chiefs get blown out, and not a single chance the Chiefs get blown out. Um, if somebody gets blown out, it's going to be the Bucks. And the Chiefs, I don't feel like have been super into their slow starts these these uh 
playoffs. I mean, I know they were down 9-0 to the Buffalo Bills, but it never, ever felt like there was any chance in hell they were going to lose that game somehow. You know what I mean? Like it, So mm-hmm. I don't think the Chiefs get blown out. Um, but let's get into it. The Chiefs are minus three, Bucks plus three. Over-under, I believe, has moved now to 56, but I did uh, save it at 55 and a half. So that's what we'll play on. Um, money line Chiefs are minus 162, Bucks plus 140. So not a big spread. Um, I think we're in for a hell of a Super Bowl. I think this is the most excited I've been for a Super Bowl since Super Bowl 50, probably. Wow. And of course, that one was uh, old PFM got number two and rode off into the sunset. Yeah, exactly. Which, congratulations to Peyton Manning, who will be voted as a first ballot hall of fame did you did, officially on saturday i heard a sound clip uh i believe uh mike chapel has a vote and yeah, mike chapel represents the indie guys when they're up for the hall of fame yep and he <laughs> i the the president of the hall of fame said all right and now mike chapel i know you've been waiting a long time for this he goes go ahead and issue your statement on uh peyton manning and mike chapel says he's peyton manning and the Hall of Fame head said, any any arguments, anyone? Nobody responds. He goes, all right, that's probably the easiest one we'll have today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chap, Chap said, imagine that I am dropping the mic on this Zoom call. Uh, it's Peyton Manning. And it was, yeah. it was great. 13-second Thir- uh, conversation was all that it took, which is a record. So Very Peyton good. Manning fastest to go into the Hall of Fame obviously well-deserved. In my opinion, the greatest quarterback of all time. I know you feel the same way. Yeah. Um, but congrats to Peyton. So, but anyway, Super Bowl Fifty Five. Let's get into the picks. Uh, Andrew, how do you? How do we want to do? It doesn't matter. I think we're both going to pick. I think we might have the same identical picks again this week. Um, so why don't you? I'll let you go first. Man, I honestly think I think the spread is is too big. <laughs> three points. I, I hate. Think I hate is, three point spread pick. I hate three I do point too. spreads. I think this is honestly a toss-up game. It's it's going to be so close, and I say that because I think the Buccaneers are on the roll right now, and and it just the defensive line for the Buccaneers is so good, and it the bang the Chiefs are so banged up on the offensive line. But then again, you've got Patrick Mahomes on that other side, and you cannot ever count Patrick Mahomes out of a game. So I, it's tough. I think the, the Chiefs, you know Andrew. Before you pick, the Chiefs have had um, a real ugly stretch of games. I mean, minus the Buffalo game, a real ugly stretch of games where, in the second half, for some reason, their defense just kind of stalls out and their offense stalls out, and and it starts to look scary in the second half. So, I mean, that could play into this too. Yeah, I I don't know if it, these are going to be very smart picks, but it's what I'm kind of <laughs> leaning. I'm going to take the Buccaneers to cover. So I think the Buccaneers will cover plus three. So it it's going to be very close. The over-under set at 55 and a half. I am going to go under. I sure, as, I sure as fuck hope you're wrong on that one. I am going to go with the under, but I'm taking the Chiefs to win. I think it's going Super to be. Super Bowl champs. Maybe a two-point game, something like that. It's going to come down to like a missed field goal, missed two-point conversion, something like that. But I do think that the Chiefs will win and repeat as Super Bowl champions. Good for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, 
I'm really trying to not be biased because of my my hatred for Brady, and I really don't want him to get a seventh Super Bowl win. If the Colts were in the Super Bowl playing the best team of all time on the other side, would you say the Colts are going to lose the Super Bowl, Andrew? If it's a Super Bowl, I mean, my I'm, my fairness goes out the window. I'm going yeah. all in on the Colts. Okay, so, uh-huh. I mean, it's fair. I mean, you and I, I, I know we – if this were the Patriots against somebody, we'd pick the other team. If it was – now it's Tom Brady. We're going to pick in the Super Bowl with our heart what we want to happen, I, plain and simple. Right. I, I do don't, think I, that, I don't think you need to feel bad is my point. I do think that money line, though, it's tread lightly on the Chiefs. Uh, but I do think they'll – I'll think they'll pull it off. It's. I think it's going to be a really good game. Um, and I'm going to do a final score, might as well. I will say – Chiefs 20, 27, Buccaneers 24. So I guess it would be a push, but 25, 24, you get it. Somewhere around there. Can we put 25? Sure. How do you get to 25? That's an ugly football number, I feel like. You never know. Could be a couple two-point conversions and a couple field goals. Yeah, you could just go for two for no fucking explainable reason in the middle of a playoff game. I mean, that there, I you know what you and I disagree on a lot, but you and I guaranteed agreed that that was the dumbest thing Frank Reich did all year. There's just no question about it. That was the dumbest thing he did all yeah. year. Nonsensical. Um, Andrew, I'm going Chiefs over Chiefs. Chiefs over Chiefs. Chiefs so we over are... Chiefs, baby. We're disagreeing on two of those. Let me uh, recap. I guess I should have done this before we started making picks. Um, so far against the spread, Andrew is 5 of 11. I'm 6 of 11. I don't Not know good. why. Was there a push? There might have been a at push. At one point, I think there was a push at one point. Um, no, the push was in the over-under. I still have 11 on money line, too. How is there 11 games? Hmm. I missed my math somewhere. I don't care. Um, I've got 6 of 11. Andrew is 6 of 10 against the spread, over 500. I'm 4 of 10 against the spread. Not too bad considering I had a week I missed every single game, and that was the divisional round or the wild card round. I did not do well, so um, not too bad. And then we're both even 8 of 11 against the money line. Um, Score, Andrew, I've got the over... What does that put you at? 52? Yep. Um, 52, 51. I think, I think, I mean, I, I, I think it's incredibly difficult to keep the Chiefs under uh, 30 points. So I'm going to go 34 to 27. 34, 27. Interesting. Yeah, it's I, I'm excited for the game. I think it's going to be a very, yeah, I think it's going to be a good matchup. And and like I said, it's all going to depend on if the Chiefs' offensive line can withstand that that Buccaneers' defensive line. Right. Uh, any other injuries that need to be addressed? I think you talked about the key ones. Yeah. So let's let's go over a couple more of the take injuries. Take a look let's, under the motherfucking hood. Let's take a look under the hood. So we're going to start out with the with the Chiefs. Um, like I said, Eric Fisher, he's out with the Achilles. Um, but a lot of the guys. Uh, the Chiefs are looking pretty good. Like Mahomes, his toe is feeling real well. Um, Lajarius Sneed, he was in the concussion protocol, and he was a full participant today, so it looks like he'll be good. You said Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is coming back. Sammy Watkins will be available. Le'Veon Bell. 
So the Chiefs outside of their offensive line looking pretty healthy. Um, yeah. And then if we go over to the Buccaneers side, uh, real quick, Jason real Pierre, quick, real quick. Um, yeah. Patrick Mahomes, I don't, there's something just about his walk in general that always looks like he's limping. So I was kind of concerned before the Buffalo game that he was hurt. He, he did not look hurt when he was moving around. I don't think that toes bothered him all. I think you're right. He's got that that Peyton Manning old man jog that makes you yeah. think, oh, he's he's hurt and he's slow, and then he just comes up and slings the pill like nobody. Yeah, like and then he can run too. Nobody, I mean, right. he's just so good with the football that nobody acknowledges the fact that he can run. Right. So onto the Buccaneers, Jason Pierre-Paul. He's got a little bit of a knee, but he's expected to play. Any uh, hand issues with JP with JPP? I mean, just missing a couple digits, but other than that, he's good to go. <laughs> Don't play with fireworks, kids. <laughs> Antonio Brown, he's had a knee issue. He's going to be he was a limited participant today, but he's he's on the verge of playing. Listen, um, Antonio Brown has been trying to get where he's about to be his whole career. Um, you know, and and, and he's an incredible receiver. There's no way he's not playing in this Super Bowl. I mean, that's all he wanted with the Browns. Um, you know, and he, and that seemed to be his driving motivating factor his whole career up until maybe you know the Vontez perfect hit that broke his brain but yeah he's going to play football right so and other than that like Mike Evans or Chris Godwin have had some a knee and like a hip injury that they've been kind of dealing with they'll be fine they're full participants Antoine Winfield who I talked about he missed the NFC championship game with an ankle injury but it looks like he was limited today and he should be back to go uh good to go for Sunday so Overall, Buccaneers are looking pretty healthy as well. And now for a very special edition of Bad Beats with Brandon and Andrew, prop bet style. All right, we're each going to pick our three favorite prop bets for the Super Bowl. A prop bet, everyone, is like, who's going to win the coin toss? What color is the Gatorade going to be? The Gatorade's going to be orange, and the coin toss is going to be heads, and it's probably going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that have the football first. But, Andrew, let's start with your first favorite prop bet. Yeah, my first favorite prop bet, I'm going with the coin toss. You know, it's a terrible the fu- bet. You just said, you just said before this, yeah, it's like stuff, you know, let's try to find funny prop bets that nobody, you know, necessarily does. This is probably the most popular one. Yeah, but it's fun to do. So, <laughs> go listen, ahead. terrible bet on odds. You're not going to win very much money off it, but you know what? You, you hit the coin toss, you're starting your bet night out right, and you're going to hammer everything else. So, Ooh, uh, shoot, that just made me think of another one. Go ahead. So, coin toss, heads and tails, tails never fails. That's what I'll be going on this uh, on Sunday. All right, What's sorry, I was typing one? in my next one. I don't know the odds on that one, but if you don't mention it, I'm going to bring it up at least at the end. My first one, um, this one is not too funny or anything like that, but just ridiculous, like, how deep they'll go. First play from scrimmage, offensive play from scrimmage in the second half. There's also a first half, too, but, like, in the second half. Uh, the pass is at minus 143. The run is at plus 115. Oh, wow. Go run. Your second? I could. Yeah, I could go with run. Uh, my second one... I'm going to go color of Gatorade. Uh, I think that one's always fun. You'll, you'll find out at the end when it's the, the most shower. popular ones. Hey, they're the most popular, but they're the fun ones. Uh, it, a lot of times it is orange. I'm going to go with red because big red Andy Reid will I be feel getting like, showered. I feel like red's a winner this year. 
Both Hammer teams it. have red. Both teams have red. Hammer red. Um, here you go, Andrew. Fat man touchdown. It literally says on DraftKings, <laughs> fat man touchdown. Any offensive lineman to score, that's it. Plus 2,000 for yes, minus 10,000 for no. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm hammering that. I'm hammering the fat you know man touchdown. I'll put, I'll put $5 on yes just because I want to hit that. That'd be so funny. Wow, you want um, a whole $60, Andrew, or $100. Never mind. There you go. Now this one, um, this one I didn't know was actually one until this week when uh, our buddy Pat McAfee was talking about it. Opening kickoff touchback. He gave this stat. He said that the opening kickoff touchback is like 17 and two the last like 19 times because that football that they kick off for the Super Bowl, it's like a brick. It comes out right out of the box. They don't get a chance to, to mold it or get it ready. So it's really hard to kick it far. Uh, however, if it's Harrison Butker, that's kicking it, it does have a chance. I'm going to still say no, because you got to hammer. No 17 to two. Really? But, yeah. 17 and two that it hasn't been a touchback. To you know what? I might have to, uh, Deposit some money this week, this weekend. <laughs> no way, I can make bets in Virginia. Woo! You can. We're back, baby. Uh, I can make bets in Virginia. I'll but I'll put my bets in on Sunday. Hell yeah! Oh, I'm pumped. I I forgot. I was thinking I was gonna have to have somebody put in bets for me. Oh, I'm happy. Okay. Um. Yeah. I, you're, so you're saying it's more likely for a touchback or less likely? Less likely for That's a touchback. Crazy, especially because of the NFL today. It feels like everything's a touchback. Okay, fun. Um, next one for me, Doink Special. And yes, that's what it's called. Doink Special. Any field goal or extra point attempt to hit an upright or crossbar. Yes, is it plus 375? No, minus 590. Ooh. You might as well slap 10 on yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why might wouldn't as well. You? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you try? Why wouldn't you try? You remember when they used to do that? They don't do that anymore. We can start stealing that. Right. Um, so that was your third? Okay, so I had another one that uh, I Andrew kind of brought. It, it was around the coin toss time. National anthem length. I don't know the over-under on it this year, uh, but everybody's always betting on that one. That one sounds fun, too. That one is fun. So go ahead and hammer whatever. whatever. Who's singing it? Who's singing the national anthem? Not the weekend. No, weekend's doing the halftime show. I wonder if there's any like halftime show props. Do you think he used the uh, halftime show money to pay for this plastic surgery? <laughs> I heard that he had to put in seven million dollars of his own money for this halftime show. Or didn't have to, but he is. So yeah, that's ridiculous. It better be better be pretty spectacular. Um, I'm gonna see who's singing the national anthem for the Super Bowl. Let's see here. It is Eric Church and Jasmine Sullivan. I'll make sure to tune in at kickoff. So, hammer, hammer the, it's, Eric Church is a country singer, I'm going to go under. Country singer, hammer the over. He'll slow it down. How say, country boy. All right, Colts talk, Colts talk, Colts talk. It's the educated fan. We're going to talk about the Colts. Andrew, sad day this week, last weekend, um, <laughs> as we discover Matthew Stafford late, late, late at night um, was indeed being traded to the L.A. Rams. The Lions agreed to a trade with the Rams for a 2022 and a 2023 first-round pick and a 2020 
one first round pick and Jared Goff. Third round pick. What? Third round pick. I'm sorry. Okay, so two ones and a three this year. Um, and Jared Goff to get Matthew Stafford. Listen here. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and uh make this point before you dig in and talk about how they overpaid and you're glad the Colts didn't pay that much. The Colts never would have paid that much, and you're not wrong. Um, but <laughs> That that's that uh, that extra first round pick was not for Matthew Stafford. That extra first round pick was, hey, we'll take Jared Goff off your hands, but you need to give us a first round pick to do that bullshit. Because that's quite the contract, and Jared Goff stinks. So you are correct in that they had to put in that extra first round pick to cha- to take Jared Goff's contract off the books. And you pretty much summed up what I was going to say. Uh, the, I definitely think that they overpaid for Matthew Stafford, but when you're trying to get golf off your books, that's you're gonna have to do that. And that's the thing they didn't. It, I, I don't think they overpaid for Matthew Stafford. I think. I don't know. I th- I mean, I think to pay a first round pick to get rid of Jared Goff in that contract, that's not unfair. So a first and a third for Matthew Stafford, you think is is overpaying? Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, you're giving away your current franchise quarterback too. It's not like they hate him. Like golf wasn't anything because if they didn't, they don't have golf and they don't have Stafford. They've got John Wolford, who who knows if he could be any good. Um, but yeah, I from what I'm hearing and what I've read this week about the Colts in regards to the Matthew Stafford trade, uh, there's some conflicting reports. Uh, now uh, we do know that the that the Colts were 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 involved. They were talking with the Lions. Um, some reports like Albert Breer from Sports Illustrated said that the Colts were putting together a package of picks and some players, but they hadn't officially given their first round pick yet. They were 2021 first. Um, Peter King said that the Colts had been in on it and they weren't sure if about how many picks were getting dealt. So they're kind of it's kind of conflicting reports on what the Colts were actually offering for the lions. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but Pat McAfee confirmed on his show that he spoke with Chris Ballard and Ballard said that they were involved and, and we knew they were involved right from the start. And, and I think, but like Ballard, we know what Ballard's going to do. He's not going to overpay for, for players. He right. puts a certain value on them. And if it gets above that, they'll move on. And I think that's, that's kind of what happened here. There was no way that the Colts were going to match, match that kind of uh, compensation that the Rams did. And, and we didn't have a Jared Goff to give away either. Right. The Colts don't have a Jared Goff to give away because yeah, you say Jared Goff sucks. He still can be a starting, he's still starting quarterback in this league. And I think, I think he can, he wouldn't been, I don't think he'd have been a starting quarterback in this league next year. If he was still on the Rams, I think Walford was going to be starting. I don't know. I think I, I, I think I he think, has the ability to. That's fine. He's not as good of a thrower of the football as Matt Safford. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that he is. But I, I do think that that Jared Goff still can can be a good quality starter. And and you've kind of seen a lot of teams are 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 wondering if this is going to become a trend. If you move off the quarterback early, he goes somewhere else and, and he ends up playing very well. Cause we've seen that a couple times here recently in, in over the years where a young quarterback struggles a little bit, he gets traded and he starts to flourish in his new spot. Um, as far as, as far as Matthew Stafford with the Rams, I think he's going to do very well. I think 
the pieces around him. Uh, That's a Super Bowl we'll, team. We'll we'll see if 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 it really was Detroit or if it was Matthew Stafford that couldn't elevate the team because now there's really no excuses. You have a Super Bowl team around him now, um, and we'll see if he can he can really produce. But I mean. Good for the good for the Lions, honestly, for getting that kind of haul. And from what I've been reading, Dan Campbell and and Brad Holmes, which Brad Holmes, the new GM for the Lions, came was from the Rams. with the Rams and was the one that pushed really hard for Goff when they drafted Goff. So they think pretty highly of him, and and they see they don't see Goff just as a bridge quarterback. As of right now, they see Goff as their quarterback for the future. So um, we'll we'll see if it works out for him. But I the either way, the Lions got a massive haul in this in this trade hey. for Matthew Stafford. Hey, imagine being Jared Goff right now. Right now, he lives in fucking L.A. He's got. A chipping green that the tee box is like 50 feet above the green is this fun little chip down thing. We all saw it on uh, uh, Hard Knocks. Mm-hmm. And now he's going to <laughs> Detroit. <laughs> he's a California boy who loves being out in the warm, getting his tan on. He's going to Detroit. <laughs> That's just yeah. terrible. I feel terrible for the guy. Yeah, um, but at the same time, if if the Rams didn't want him, when you're at a place, when you're at your place yeah. at work, and your work doesn't want you, and you just treat I heard, you bad, I heard rumors I mean, that the that uh, it was starting to get hostile. Like uh, him and him and McVay, like openly were disagreeing, and like it was becoming a hostile environment. So yeah, so I mean, I hope I hope he does succeed in Detroit because I. Uh, our opinions differ on Jared Goff. I, I I like him. I think he has the potential to be a really good quarterback. I just think he needs some a little bit of help around him. But he needs to be as a. He's got Cooper Cup and start. Robert Woods, and he had Todd Gurley. Start. The reason they went to the they the reason they had such a successful couple of seasons was Todd Gurley and Sean McVay. Okay, and he was just along for the ride, in my opinion. And Dan Orlovsky said this week, everybody's uh, shit-talking Matt Stafford. They're going, oh, he stinks, he stinks, he stinks. He's never won anything. And then they turn around, and they say Jared Jared Goff, you know, isn't good just because he's been to a Super Bowl. He goes, you got to pick one or the other. He says, you can't you can't argue one way and then argue the exact opposite. Um, Jared well, Goff you can't say, you reaped can't the say benefits of that offense. You can't say it was all Todd Gurley either, because when Todd Gurley at the end of his time with the Rams, yeah, Sean when Todd McVay Gurley was breaking the down, line. they lost the Super Bowl because they didn't have Todd Gurley at full f- strength. Yeah, but then he goes to the Falcons and and he scores what he had 10, 12 touchdowns this year for them. So Todd Gurley, yeah. uh, I mean, he, I've seen that it seems like Sean McVay falls out of favor with his stars very quickly, yep. and and something that people need to kind of pay attention to and talk about because they haven't had a first round pick since 2016 and they don't have one still until 2024. They do not care. Okay. We'll see. We'll see if it pays off for them. Cause right now they have as many Super Bowl wins as the Colts in the past yeah, few years. It's that's fine. Zero. So, um, we'll so see. this obviously leaves a question, Andrew, cause I think we both thought like the Colts had a really good chance for Stafford. I thought we thought the deal was going to get done. So we didn't, go real in-depth, and we still won't go too in-depth now um, because, you know, other episodes. But um, some possible options for the Colts, and I'll go ahead and cut you off and start myself. Um, and keep in mind, not I'm going to mention some names. That does not mean I want these people. That does not mean um, I think there's a possibility of it, but I, I think there, there are names that are getting floated around that could get moved or different things like that. So 
just sit back and listen. Okay. First of all, Carson Wentz isn't going anywhere. Stop fucking talking about it. I, I'm just so sick of it. I'm just so sick and tired of hearing Carson's, Carson Wentz's name get thrown around. He's not going anywhere. That's why they got rid of Doug Peterson. That's why they brought in Sirianni. They want to fix Carson Wentz and somehow make things work with Jalen Hurts. I don't understand that part of it, but he's not going anywhere. Deshaun Watson is not coming to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, the Texans said this week they're not going to trade Deshaun Watson. They're lying. They are. They're trying to drive up the price, but the Colts are not going to get him. The only team in the AFC South that could get, get could get Deshaun Watson are the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they could say, hey, you can have our first pick and take Trevor Lawrence. That's the only way a trade in the AFC South is going to happen. Now, there's other names. Matt Ryan, I'm hearing he's not going to get moved. Kirk Cousins, uh, a possible trade uh, could happen with another team. Not saying the Colts. Um, I don't think. The Vikings really care who are they going to get. That if they trade away Kirk Cousins, then what's their quarterback situation? I don't. I think the only possibilities right now, um, with anyone that's already in the league, it, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and people are going to go, huh? And you know, I don't necessarily think that's a great option, but I do think it's the only realistic one out there. Uh, I think there's probably a couple more. Uh, all the guys you mentioned before, I agree. Uh, Wentz isn't coming here. Watson isn't. Uh, Kirk Cousins isn't, especially with that contract. The Colts aren't going to take that right. on. Um, who else? Who else did you say? And I had quite the rat, rant. Matt Ryan. <laughs> Matt Ryan. Yeah, it's reported. It was reported this week. The Falcons are not moving on from Matt Ryan or Julio Jones. So that 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 you can really stop talking about that. One guy that's name has been floated around um, is is Derek Carr. Um, it seems oh, like yep. the Raiders might listen to some offers for Derek Carr. Me personally, I don't know if I'd want Derek Carr um, on the Colts for a couple reasons. I know you're a fan of Derek Carr, but I, I'm, 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 I'm more than indifferent towards Derek Carr. I do. Okay. I, I wouldn't say I'm indifferent, but I wouldn't say I, I really like Derek Carr. <laughs> For me, Derek Carr is just somebody that it needs to have. Everything needs to be perfect around him in order for for a team to really get where they want to go. And and I think he's a guy that also it seems like would would want to demand and get an extension right away on the team that he is joining. And and that's again, that's not the Colts' mo. That I don't really think they would do that. And. And I really don't see, I think the Colts want to be in a position where they can contend for multiple Super Bowls and have a solid quarterback and to a great quarterback. And, and Derek Carr, I just think it's, is it really even an upgrade over Phillip Rivers? Honestly, uh, uh, mentally, uh, mentally and, and, and intelligence wise, no physically. Yes. Um, so it's a push. I, I, Maybe I will say Derek Carr used to be a playmaker. Then he got hurt. Then he has to overcome, you know, the recovery process of that. And then he's got John Gruden who, um, and I know you love Chris Sims, Andrew, but Chris Sims God, played for John, him. Chris Sims played for John Gruden. And he, I mean, he talks about it every now, every time John Gruden comes up, that man is not easy to play for. And he is open about talking about wanting to upgrade at quarterback right in front of you. He does not care. I mean, he is always looking to change. You know, he brings in an excess amount of quarterbacks during the off season every year. I mean, he had rich Gannon, who went to the Super Bowl for that team, and he's bringing in guys, you know, making Rich Gannon feel no good. So, um, with the Raiders, wait, he was Rich Gannon. No, 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 no. I'm sorry, he didn't go to the Super Bowl with the Raiders with Rich Gannon. He played yeah, against he Rich Gannon in the Super Bowl. Okay, but he did but Rich coach Gannon, Rich Gannon I with was the Raiders. There. 
Rich Gannon right, was there right. for the Super Bowl. He just was not – Gruden wasn't the coach anymore, I don't believe. Either way, right. it doesn't matter. Right, he wasn't. He's, he's always looking – I, I do think that Derek Carr is a little uh, emotionally fragile and that that does mess with his head. And I think John Gruden, in regards to moving Derek Carr, I do think John Gruden likes Marcus Mariota. If not, what do you think about Marcus Mariota, Andrew? Again, I'm just – I'm not I'm not there with Marcus sure. Mariota because I've seen – I've seen and obviously – Flashes. Put him with Frank with Frank Reich, and it could be different. Mm-hmm. We there are some flashes, but I just I don't I don't think it's the quarterback that can get the Colts where they need to be. And I think the reason the Colts are being this offseason just feels different, especially with how they've been talking. Ballard looking into every single quarterback with him giving giving work to Frank Reich, Marcus Brady, uh, uh, Scott Milanovic, giving all these guys to look into these quarterbacks. Frank, it came out this week that Frank Reich has gone to Peyton Manning this off season really? and asked him what he thinks. Yeah. Jim, Jim Ayala was, uh, had the story in the Indy star that, that Frank Reich has reached out to Peyton Manning for his con- for his console and his opinions on various quarterbacks, either around the league or that are coming in this draft because Peyton Manning runs that, that Manning passing Academy every year in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. He knows these young guys that are coming up as well, like a Trevor Lawrence, a Justin Fields, I'm not sure if Zach Wilson has been there or not, but, but these, but anyways, so I think this is why this offseason just feels different at the quarterback position. The the Colts, I feel like are really going to make a push to figure it out this offseason and not, I agree. Necess- not necessarily overreach, not necessarily force it. I think but there's, it, I think there's a, a more pressure this year. I think there's more pressure on Chris Ballard and Frank Reich this year to figure the quarterback position out. Um, I still don't think they'll they'll overreach like you're saying, but I do think they feel an extra pressure that like you know we need to figure this out this year. Well, and there's there's not a Philip Rivers anymore. There's right. not a, a guy that you can have as a backup plan. Um, so it's either and I you know me. If you guys listen to the show, I'm all about building through the draft. I'm all about not overspending for free agents. Chris, the way Chris Ballard builds a team is how I've won, how I've wanted or how I figured I would build a team or how I would. Ryan Grigson would have been better off trying to go through free agency. I hate Ryan Grigson. Uh, <laughs> But, but that's how I feel like you build a sustainable team. So I I would love for if they got if the Colts really like a guy in the draft, you got to make that aggressive move and go up and get your guy. Whether it is mm-hmm. ends up being a Zach Wilson, a Justin Fields, a Trey Lance, one of those guys. Um, that's that's what I would prefer. Um, one one game real quick that we didn't mention that could possibly be a name it's in the league the now. In the league now, Sam Darnold. And oh, yeah, I know, I'm sorry, but I don't think they're moving on from Sam Darnold either. But the, I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the Jets do because they have been talking a lot about how they really like Darnold. And, but and apparently they feel, Deshaun Watson, that's his number one destination. He wants to go to New York. Again, I think that's more the media stirring up things that Deshaun Watson wants to go to New York than anything else. You got to remember, guys. Smoke screens everywhere. I love that you say smoke screens all the time. Every time I see you tweet it, I laugh. And it's it's <laughs> true. Over these next few months, you're going to see so many free agents tied to the Colts. You're going to see so many quarterbacks tied to the Colts. And while it could happen, I mean anything is possible. Hell, Twitter blew up when they thought Andrew Luck might come back this oh, week. For God's sake. <laughs> but but you gotta remember, you gotta consider the source, consider where it's coming from. 
The Colts have a lot of cap space. So a lot of these free agents are going to be tied to the Colts because their agents want them to be, and it's going to try to drive the price up for, for their clients. So you also have to remember that. And you got to remember how Ballard operates the Colts ever since Chris Ballard became the GM, the Colts have been very tight lipped about everything. Yeah. Almost nothing gets out. And, and we don't know what's going to happen. Philip Rivers didn't come out until hours before it finally happened. The Philip Rivers. DeForest Buckner didn't come out until it happened. They, the Xavier Rhodes signing, all of these things. It was like, we had no clue until it actually happened. So you just got to keep that in mind. Um, when, when you hear all these things, but yeah, it, it, like I said, to kind of wrap all this up, it just feels like this off season is a little bit different and the Colts are, it almost feels like it, it could very well, the long-term solution at quarterback could be picked this off season, depending on the route they go. So we'll see. Yep. Um, Jacob Eason, uh, in an interview or I don't, I don't know who he was talking to did make it known. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to compete for it this year. I'm going for it. He says if, you know, basically he understands he might not get it, but Jacob Eason's trying to throw his hat in the ring too. He, he wants a little respect. I don't, I hope it's, I just, I don't care who it is as long as it's not Jacoby. I honest to God don't care. I just don't. I'm sorry. I you love and, Jacoby. He's a good guy. I was really cheering for him for Walter Payton Man of the Year. Maybe he'll get it. Um, but Travis Kelsey's getting it. So um, it, it's well, because about, it's also a popularity contest because you let fans vote on it. So the thing about Jacoby too is I don't know if you're if you're Chris Ballard and near Frank Reich. I don't know how you can sell the 2021 season if you're trotting out Jacoby Brissett as your starting quarterback because we know what Jacoby is at this point. He's not a guy that's going to get us this Super Bowl. Yeah, you love him. He's a great person, great teammate. Not many people could do what Jacoby Brissett did, having another guy come in and take his job and being so supportive. But at the same time, again, the NFL is a business, and and Jacoby Brissett is not going to get the Colts where the Colts want to be. So it's, it's time to cut the cord. And, yep. and I like what you, you said about Jacob Eason. Um, and I, I love his the kid's attitude. He, he wants to come in and be the starter. He's good trying everything he can. And, and honestly, he's, he's worked his ass off. And, yep. and that's one of the huge concerns we had. And he has proven that completely wrong. Uh, one little tidbit that I'm not sure if you know this. So Jacob Eason is going out West this off season to work with, you might know this name, Tom House yep. and Adam Tadeau. The two guys that were working with Andrew Luck all those years when Luck was recovering from his shoulder surgery and trying to get his mechanics to use his lower body more, get his footwork right. That's who Jacob Eason is going out. That's who Eason worked with last year when the Colts, when nothing could happen because the NFL was doing all virtual offseason. But Eason's going back out there this off season as well to work and refine his mechanics. So that's, that's a great thing to hear. It, it gets me excited. And obviously all Colts fans wish that if it, if Jacob Eason could be the solution that'd make our, our lives so much easier. And it would cause a lot of stress to go away from it as far as in regards to the Colts, but we just don't know if that's going to happen or not. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see how Eason is when he comes back for, for mini camps and, and training camp later this summer. Yeah, and I, honest to God, it, I guess if I really had to pick, that's who I'd want. Because just if he see what he can do, no, nope, I'm I'm not in favor of just throwing a guy out there for a season and hoping you know the shit sticks to the wall. I'm not in favor of that. I am in favor of 
that draft pick going to a you know a level we didn't ever think it could reach. Um, I'm into that, and because if he's starting, that means the Colts really believe in him, which is a good sign. I don't mm-hmm. think the Colts are just going to throw him out there and say, "Well, let's hope for the best." Uh, you know what I mean? Right. Like if he's out there starting, there's a reason for it, which means good news for us. Um, right. So that's why I'm in favor of Jacob Eason because I know that means good news. So, uh, or ideally, that means good news. So um, I don't know what's next, Andrew. I'm 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 caught up in this Colts thing here. Um, so other we got Colts a lot news. of coaching moves to talk about. Yeah, a lot of coaching moves. Colts running back coach Tom Rathman, who, by the way, is a badass. I'm really, I was really sad to hear this. Um, he's announced his retirement. I think, you know what? He figured one last rookie running back, and I think he got uh, JT where he wanted him to be, and he said, all right, that's where I can tip my hat and get out of here. So Tom Rathman actually wanted to retire after the 2018 season and Frank Reich was able to, and Chris Ballard were able to convince him for two more years, but it's, he's wanted to retire for quite some time now. And, and one hell of a coach, the, the Colts, he completely changed the Colts running back position. Um, they, I think he had like two or three fumbles in his entire time with with the Colts. So incredible coach. You're, you're absolutely right. He's developed Mar- Marlon Mack to where he is, Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines. He's had such a huge impact on all those guys. Yep. He sure has. Um, Hall of Fame offensive lineman, Kevin Mawai, away, mm-hmm. either one, Mawai. Uh, will be joining. Not, he will not be joined. Uh, will be joining the Colts as an offense, as an assistant offensive line coach. So Kevin Mawai, one of the best centers of of all time, is joining. And this is I'm not sure if you remember him. He was the center for the Titans. Um, he was a big center with the Jets for a I long do time. Not remember him. Uh, but he was, I think he was like the president of the players association for quite some time, but he's a, he's a badass uh, offensive lineman in the NFL. And he was actually drafted by the Seahawks when Howard Mudd was the offensive line coach for the Seahawks. So Shit. he, he fits kind of the, the Colts, Chris Strausser, who was a, a disciple of Howard Mudd RIP, uh, and, and, and Kevin Mawai kind of fits that mold of how the Howard Mudd offensive line system of blocking. So it, it's a it's a great hire by the Indianapolis Colts because Clayton Adams, the guy that was flip-flopping back and forth, he is coming back for the with the Colts, but he's going to be the tight ends coach. Mm-hmm. So Kevin Mawai is going to step into this assistant offensive line coach role, and I'm excited to see what he does with this because while this Colts offensive line is elite, it's still very young and they can lean on him and, and kind of use him as a sounding board to get. Yeah, uh, we missed whatever you said last, but we get it. Um, Colts hired James <laughs> Rowe to be their cornerback coach and press Taylor to be their passing game coordinator. So James Rowe is, he's got a Colts connection. He was the defensive back coach or defensive coordinator uh, for Kenny Moore when Kenny Moore was in college. So that's that's kind of exciting. The Colts got a good one there. And Kenny Moore, Valdosta to State. Valdosta State, you are right correct. where I'm at. Press Taylor is a guy that, that Frank, uh, Frank Reich has been pretty high on. And when Frank Reich first took the job, he said that Press Taylor was going to do something in the league. So I think he's been waiting for some time for Taylor to become available to put him on the staff. Yep. 
And last but not least, Colts assistant special teams coach Frank Ross to join the Texans as their special teams coordinator. Have they even hired a head coach yet? Yes, David Cauley, the assistant Did I miss that, or did we talk about that and I forgot? We talked about that last week. Just unimpressed, I guess. You were all on the Eric B. Enemy train. Yep, still am. Still am. Yeah, Frank Ross, uh, he, I mean, the Colts special teams has been phenomenal the past few years, so it's not a surprise that he's getting looks at coordinator jobs now. All right, everybody, thank Andrew for letting this uh, episode fall apart here towards the end. But um, other news around the league, Washington football team head coach <laughs> yeah, Ron it's Rivera. My fault. Yep, um, Ron Rivera uh, has been officially declared cancer-free by his doctors. You like that? You like that? That was uh, not on purpose hitting both of those at the same time, but I kind of liked it. Yeah, you like that? You like that? Yeah, I did like that. Um. I think that's it. Next time you guys hear from us, I'll be in Richmond, Virginia, no longer here in Valdosta in southern Georgia. Don't move to Georgia. Uh, it's not that great of a state. Drivers suck. You got to deal with Atlanta sometimes. It's just not worth it. Um, but I'm excited for the Super Bowl. Be watching uh, in me and Paige's new apartment. Brand new. Never lived in. Pretty excited. Got any fun plans Probably. for the Super Bowl, Andrew? guess we should talk uh, about this earlier. I might get together with some buddies of mine or I might just spend it with my fiance at home. Cool. I'm not real sure. Yet. But either way, um, I'm excited for the Super Bowl. Excited to make a lot of bets and win a lot of money on the Super Bowl. Oh, buddy. The bets. Oh. And go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. I fucking love football and I love you guys. Here comes the, here comes the, here comes the, y'all don't really want it like